Welcome to the Holidays to Switzerland Travel Podcast. Your host is the founder of HolidaysToSwitzerland.com and the Switzerland Travel Planning Facebook group, Carolyn Schonefinger. On this podcast, Carolyn will be joined by a variety of guests who share their knowledge and love of the country to help you plan your dream trip to Switzerland. Welcome to episode 29. My introduction to Switzerland was on a two-night stay in Lauterbrunnen as part of a Kentucky tour over 30 years ago. From the minute our coach drove into the valley, I was totally smitten, and I'm fortunate to have returned to Switzerland many, many times since. I'm now on a quest to explore every possible inch of the country that I can. That's going to involve lots more trips to Switzerland in the future, but I'm definitely not complaining about that. But whilst I love visiting Switzerland myself, I also love helping other travellers to plan their own Swiss trips. And that's why I started the Holidays to Switzerland website and podcast and the Switzerland Travel Planning Group inside Facebook. There's no better feeling than connecting with someone, even if it is online, and watching their travel plans evolve over time with the help of the articles and podcast episodes that I've shared or thanks to the answers to their questions that they receive from other members of the Facebook group. Recently, I got that warm, fuzzy feeling when two members of the Facebook group visited Switzerland for their honeymoon. Margot and Eric's plans had been put on hold thanks to COVID, but they were finally able to take their long-awaited trip in June. After reading their questions in the group in the preceding months, to then seeing their photos that they posted as they travelled around Switzerland was just wonderful. Margot and Eric generously shared their tips and the highlights of their trip with the Facebook group members, both during their travels and on their return home. And they are joining me today to tell us all about their honeymoon in Switzerland. I can't wait to chat with them, and I'm sure there will be plenty of helpful info in this episode to help with your Switzerland trip planning too. Welcome, Eric and Margot. It's great to have you here. I'm really excited to hear all about your recent travels in Switzerland. Can you start by telling us a little bit about yourselves, please? Sure. So, hello. Thanks for having us. We're so excited. My name is Margot. I'm 36 years old and I'm a teacher and live in Oberlin, Ohio, which is just outside of Cleveland. And I'm Eric Fox. I'm also 36. We both love traveling and trying new things. Myself, personally, I've never traveled outside the United States, so this was my first time. And uh, yeah, it was lovely. Fantastic. So you guys recently got married and, and the trip we're going to chat about was your honeymoon, which I know had to be delayed because of the dreaded COVID. So when did you guys actually get married? Did you get married in 2020 and, and just postpone the honeymoon? So we were going to get married and uh, we postponed everything for a full year. So we got married June 26th of 2021 and we left for our honeymoon on June 29th. Fantastic. So you had to wait a whole year, not only for the honeymoon, but also for the wedding. Yeah. And um, we didn't know that Switzerland was going to be open until about a week before we got married. So it was pretty last minute, but... It all worked out. Yes. Yeah, so, so they opened up a few days before we left. And it turns out that was probably pretty lucky because it was not busy over there at all during our stay. Okay. Oh, wonderful. How did you choose Switzerland as the destination for your honeymoon? So we wanted to, we're not like the sit on a beach for 10 days type of honeymooners. We really wanted to do 
something more unique, a once in a lifetime type of experience. But we just couldn't get inspired by anything. We were kind of doing our typical Google, like, where should we go on a honeymoon? And nothing really struck us. And yeah, we were sitting on the couch one night watching Wheel of Fortune and someone won a prize trip to Switzerland and they show the little clips of the of the country. And we just both kind of looked at each other in this moment without even saying it. We were just like, that's where we're going. <laughs> and um, yeah, the rest is history. So we obviously did a little research and found, you know, that we would love it and then went from there. Oh. Awesome. So sometimes, yeah, the the most um, unplanned or unexpected places just come to mind, and and that's that's where your fate takes you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I don't want to spend too long talking about the the COVID sort of requirements and things because obviously we're recording this late August, and I think you guys, yeah, you travelled late June and into July, and, and. the way things are going, the requirements can change at any time. But what um, what sort of procedures and things did you have to go through in order to be able to travel from the States to Switzerland? Yeah, so it was different going into Switzerland versus coming back home. So going into Switzerland, we either had to show proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test at the airport. And then once we landed in Switzerland, no quarantine, no nothing like that. Coming home, though, even though we're both fully vaccinated, we, we had to get a negative COVID test. And it was the up the brain one. I don't know what, what they call it, but it was one of those intense ones. Um, and we had to get that within 48 hours of boarding. So that was like the only kind of, I would say, bummer other than that. Yeah. And then we just had the negative COVID test that we had to show the the tendon at the airport. Okay. And was it difficult to find somewhere to have the test? Well, no, actually I, before we left, I did some research online and there was Switzerland website, the embassy website, I think it was, they had a, a lot of good information in there and links to any type of pharmacy or walk-in clinic at all the different cities. So we were pretty prepared and even the locals knew where to go to. If you would ask somebody, they would, they would help out. Okay. Awesome. All right. So let's let's start talking about this trip of yours. Can you start by giving us a, a bit of an overview first? We'll go into more detail shortly, but how many days did you go for and, and what sort of, you know, what, what was your aim or what, what sort of things did you want to see when you were in Switzerland? So we were there for 10 days. We got there June 30th and we stayed till like July 10th. So we had to pack a lot into 10 days. We landed in Zurich. We stayed a night there because of just of the long trip. And then we spent three days in Lugano, mm-hmm. four days in Grindelwald, and two days in Lucerne. We kind of just wanted to see, get a little bit of feel of all the different cultures and the different regions. Like Switzerland, we wanted to stay within Switzerland. But the neat thing was we got kind of four different vacations out of one. So that was kind of our aim was let's go to South Switzerland and do that whole vibe. And then let's go into the mountains and, and Switzerland allows for that. You don't have to leave the country and you can get like four or five different, totally different vacations in one, which I thought was awesome. Sustainable, I believe you guys call it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So how did, how did you move around when you were there? 
Yeah, so we took the Swiss Pass. I think we got a 15-day, and we used the trains for our bigger trips, which were fabulous. Mm -hmm. We're not used to that here in the States. So full beverage service and clean and, and beautiful. You know, and then within the towns, we, you know, did a little bit of bus a lot of gondolas, you know, and then of course your occasional Uber or taxi, but we found very quickly that wasn't very economical. So we kind of stopped that after day one or two and then walking, you know, yeah, of course. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. When you're in a city, you can walk just about anywhere. Mm-hmm. And did you find that the frequency of the trains was, was helpful as well? I guess like if you, if you, you know, had planned to travel from one one city to another at nine o'clock, but, you know, okay, you overslept or you wanted to spend a bit more time over breakfast, that you, oh, it doesn't matter. You can catch the, the 10 mm-hmm. o'clock train. Yeah. Yeah, or even like the 9.30 train. I think the most we ever had to wait for a train was 30 minutes, and that was our fault. We kind of messed up on that. So, yeah, it was very punctual and frequent. Okay, so let's start with um, your itinerary. You stayed at four different towns or, or cities. So beginning with Zurich, where you flew into, can you tell us what you did there and where you stayed and, and what the highlights were for you in Zurich? Yeah, so we got to Zurich and we pretty much went straight to our hotel. And we stayed at the B2 Boutique and Spa Hotel. It's kind of right inside the city, and it's just a unbelievably beautiful hotel. The staff was great, and the, the spa is just unbelievable. I think it was like a Greek spa. Yeah. But it's, it's you know, located in the basement cellar of this. It used to be a distillery back in the day, and it was just such a unique experience. I, I just loved it. But we only had we only had one day there, so after, after we kind of – did everything that the hotel and spa had to offer. We we just went out and for that night and had some drinks and and some food and and yeah, pretty much called it a day. It was a long day of traveling, so it was a it was a good first day to kind of get mm-hmm. ourselves grounded yeah. and and get ready for the the next nine days. Mm-hmm. And the spa would have been beautiful to help relax those aching muscles after being you know sitting on an aircraft for so long. It was perfect. Yeah, it literally was what we needed to like restart and be uh, energized for the rest of the trip. So, yeah, good. All right. So then you moved on to Lugano. What would you like to tell us about that? Yeah. So Lugano was beautiful. Southern Switzerland, just right over the lake from Italy. So definitely that Mediterranean vibe heavily influenced by the Italian culture, beautiful, the bay, and, and we stayed right there um, close to, to the lake and had some amazing pizza and did some really nice hiking. There was a couple lookouts where you could see Italy over here and Switzerland over here, and that was unique. We did uh, a neat photo shoot, so we actually hired a local. His name is Fran Francisco. Francesco. Francesco. Yeah. And Mara, I believe is how you pronounce her name. But Yeah, they gave us um, like a walking tour of Lugano, but also a professional photo shoot, which was kind of a unique thing mm-hmm. to take home with us. And they were great. They showed us to a, a local grotto, I, I think is how you say it, um, just right outside of Lugano. So we got some local food there. And Yeah, the, the mountains were Monte Brie and I think Mount San Salvatore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And those were those were really cool. Um, actually, Monte Brie was special because 
we planned to go up the vernacular to the top, but we missed the stop for the vernacular. So we kind of got dropped off halfway off, halfway up the mountain, but we ran into some uh, awesome locals and they encouraged us to hike up with them. And so we did. It was fantastic. It was a, it was a really cool, unique experience. Um, we got to talk with them the whole time and learn different things about Switzerland. And then on the way down, we uh, hiked down to Gondria, which mm-hmm. is a town right there. And I don't know, it was just fantastic to like spend all that time hiking down. I think it was a good like hour and a half hike. And we're not hikers by yeah. any means, but we did it. You know, you take your time. Yep. And it was just nice to kind of get rewarded with that beautiful town. And we got to sit in a little restaurant and we had a, you know, a beverage and a little bit of food and always that, had a that beverage. Was special. That was special. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's got to be some reward. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And aren't those, there's experiences like when you meet the locals, just mm-hmm. amazing because you, you get a real sort of insight in, into, into their lives, don't you? And, and what they do. I yeah. mean, the, the thing that always, or never sort of seems ceases to amaze me is that when you whenever you're going somewhere in in Switzerland, not as you would now know, there's gondolas and funiculars, but there's always families out hiking, and you'll see the grandparents and the and the parents and the children and the dog, and it, it's the whole family, and that's mm-hmm. what they do. It, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I I loved talking to that. Though they were three siblings, and they were returning to Monte Brie as like a 60 year family reunion and they hadn't been there since they were little. And so, Oh my gosh, just talking to them about politics and how do you feel about America? And like just hearing their perspectives on the pandemic and Oh, it was just really cool. And um, it made the hike a lot more pleasant. Yeah, Good. Good. And did you have nice weather when you were there? You, yeah, you know, we had kind of a little bit of everything, very tropical Mediterranean and Lugano when we got up into the Swiss Alps. We had our mix of like storms, but also like beautiful, clear days. Luzerne was beautiful. We got out right before the floods. Like I think the next day that we landed back home, the um, the floods hit, like you guys had historic rain. And so we were pretty fortunate in that regard as well. Okay, so you got to enjoy the nice sort of Italian climate while you were mm-hmm. in Lugano. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was beautiful. Good. Right. So then you moved on to Grindelwald, which for those listeners that don't know, that's in the, the Bernese Oberland, close to the famous Jungfrau Mountain. What are some of the things that you did there and, and where did you stay and what were the highlights of Grindelwald? So, yeah, I love Grindelwald. Um, we stayed at Hotel Spinet, I think is how it's pronounced. It's just right in downtown or right in town. Grunewald's kind of like a small to medium village, I guess you could say. But the hotel is beautiful. Again, you know, great staff, great room, great overlook. We were staring right at the, the Alps. So that was just beautiful to wake up to every morning. I mean, there was so much we did. We, we went up uh, Mount First mountain mm-hmm. first and we did the, the cliff walk which was really neat um and we kind of enjoyed the restaurant up there had a beverage had a beverage <laughs> and i guess the highlight there is and something i would recommend is if on your way back down mm. mount first i think like halfway through you can you have a an option to rent like scooters and you can ride these little scooters down the mountain and 
I don't know. It was just really neat and definitely a unique experience because you're way up high in this mountain on a little scooter. So it was definitely something I would recommend everybody to do. We probably should tell the listeners that you actually are on a track. You're not just scootering down the side of a mountain. (laughs) Well, I would if that's actually how it is. But no, you're actually on a paved path. And yeah, we actually kind of joke because, you know, you have to be careful going around some of those turns. I mean, it's not dangerous by any means, but I mean, you got to you got to be paying know. attention. Yeah. But it's it's definitely fun. It's definitely fun. I mean, we've seen kids doing it, so I guess it's If anyone's played Mario Kart where they go woo and off the edge and then like the little crane picks them back up and sticks <laughs> them back on the track, it felt like that at some points. Like we we really, I, I don't know. I went a lot slower than he did. It was neat. There was cows up there. We got, we could stop off because you can stop off and kind of take your time. Yeah. And uh, we came across some cows that were grazing up on the mountain and, and that was just really neat and peaceful to be able to just be there with them. And, you know, you could hear their bells going and I don't know, that was a real, real cool experience too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there we went to top of Europe. Oh yeah. The top of Europe. And we did the new Iger express. And that was, that was really neat. I mean, it, it took us up there in no time and we got to enjoy all of what top of Europe had to offer. We actually had nice weather slightly. It was mm-hmm. partly cloudy, but it was, it was nice. We did a few day trips mm-hmm. from Grindelwald. We went to Interlaken and Lauterbrunnen mm-hmm. and Lauterbrunnen was really nice. They have a, like this waterfall that comes off the mountain and that was a really cool thing to see. And then interlocking, we did kayaking with, I believe it was kayak or high tide kayak school. And that was really fun. I think it was Lake Breen's that you kayak on. Yeah. And then we also did a chocolate making workshop with Funky Chocolate Club. And that was, that was really cool too. I, we actually still have some chocolate here with us that we were able to take home from there. So that was a real fun experience. It was a workshop that you did there, is that right? And, and what did that sort of entail? Yeah, so we were with one other family, and they were so cute. They had a couple little boys with them, and then there was a chocolatier, and she led us through, you know, what do you know about chocolate? Here's where it's made, and here's how you melt it down, and really fun, theatrical, you know, kind of goofy, but also you got to eat a lot of chocolate, so that was really neat. And then um, the the kind of like climax of it all is we got to make three chocolate bars each and you got to decorate it and add whatever like almonds or, you know, salt or whatever you wanted to your chocolate. And um, like, yeah, Eric said, I, I actually had some last night. We still have some in the refrigerator, but um, that, that was fun. It's yeah. Delicious. And I think I remember you posted in the Facebook group a, a photo and you were both wearing like the big, um, like the chef's hat or is that that's part of the whole experience? Yeah, they give you like your apron and your chef hat. When you graduate at the end of class, you get like a Swiss chocolatier stage one uh, certificate. Yeah. yeah, it's cute. Like it's fun for families, but we enjoyed it too, you know, yeah. just being silly and like, like I said, eating all the chocolate. Oh, and we did like a chocolate tasting, which was neat. So we got to taste like the six different types of chocolate, depending on the darkest with no sugar at all, like all the way up to milk chocolate, which is, you know, pretty sweet. So 
Okay. And obviously you used your Swiss pass um, to get around to all the, the different places from, from Grindelwald, so the, the train and there's discounts on some of the gondolas and, and so forth. Mm-hmm. So in the show notes, I'll actually put a bit of a, a list of the things that you're mentioning that, that you did and um, just I'll also let people know what discounts uh, they can get with the, with the Swiss travel pass for each of those things because that, that would probably be, be helpful. Yeah, that's awesome. Right. So after Grindelwald, you moved on to Lucerne. Tell us about Lucerne. Yeah, so I fell in love with Lucerne. I had spent um, a couple months a long time ago in Barcelona, and it just had that vibe. It was very cosmopolitan city, but with like a very... um, I don't know, like neat architecture, very cobblestone street-esque, beautiful little pubs that you could just pop in, um, shopping, eating, like the bridges there, and you just have people strolling. It was um, very like a New York vibe, but in the Mediterranean. I, I don't know. It was a very beautiful place. We Unfortunately, it was the end of our trip, so we were very much trying to soak it all in, but we we did the best we could. We, we had some... Uh, fondue and we did a a really neat local Italian place where you got to make your own pasta and um, we spent our final night watching the sunset on the bridge and it was beautiful got our COVID test there so I'll always remember that (laughs) and our hotel was it was a a boutique hotel like very Hash. I, I don't know how to, I mean, just, we opened our balcony and looked out onto like the, the plaza and I just felt like I was in a movie scene, you know, for our honeymoon. We, we splurged on that a little bit and it was definitely worth it. No, good. So what, what did you do during the day? Did you do anything, you know, specific or, or did you just sort of stroll and, and absorb the atmosphere? Yeah, so we we had like really one day there where we weren't traveling. And so we walked, I mean, we we walked the boardwalk, we went to like a a public pool that had a bar. And so we did that whole thing. Straight on the lake. Uh Uh-huh. We went into an art gallery that was really cool. We did a little shopping. We went up to the top of uh, a mountain that had a hotel on the top. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's like a white hotel up with there. The, with the red heart that you can like look out onto. But yeah, it was our last day. So I think we were just kind of like, let's just see what we get ourselves into because we had to leave the next morning pretty early. So one thing that I thought was pretty cool that we, we were just taking a walk and there's like a castle wall out in the oh, Zern yeah. and it just happened to be right at noon. So we happened to be up there and all the... I guess clock bells were ringing for 12 o'clock and it was just really neat to be up there because they had like probably 50 different clocks going throughout the city. And it was just, it was just really neat Mm -hmm. to to experience that. You've mentioned um, some of the food and and drink that you enjoyed and you sounds like you've got a, a good variety, but is there any meals that particularly stand out that, that you think you'll, you'll never forget? I describe our eating in Switzerland as international. I mean, we we had Italian, we had sushi, we had fondue, Indian. we had Indian. I am a huge sushi fanatic and a bit of a snob when it comes to that. And we had lunch in Interlaken at a, a sushi restaurant and 
it was some of the best sushi I've ever had. So I don't know if that is just particular to Switzerland or just that that place. You know, as far as like Swiss food, not really like, I don't know. We didn't really have like Swiss national food. I, I don't even know what that would have been, to be honest. We did a lot of like, like I said, Indian, Italian, Japanese. Hey, you had chocolate. That that counts. Chocolate. Yeah, Grotto in Lugano. I think it was Grotto Tissonis or something like that. I don't know how it's pronounced, but it it was established in 1888. So it was very like local and authentic. It didn't seem touristy at all. So we were, that was what we were kind of looking for is those type of experiences. Yeah, 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 good. We ate at a restaurant in Grindelwald called C&M, and um, the owners waited on us. Like, they, they've owned the restaurant for 18 years, and she was so happy that tourism was returning and just kind of gave us the, you know, the five-star treatment, which we found a lot that because we were the first people into the country after so long, that uh, folks were really excited to see us back. And, you know, that was kind of nice, a little yeah. special. Yeah. So was there anything that surprised you about Switzerland? Oh, yeah. How clean it was. So we're from Cleveland. And if you know anything about Cleveland, our river caught on fire a long time ago from pollution, the Burning River. Um, So we're kind of used to more of like a, a, a grittier sense of living in the city. But I don't think I saw a piece of pollution. It was just very clean, pristine, safe feeling. Um, no matter where we went, I was just, even like the train stations, you didn't see graffiti. It was just like, even the train stations were works of art. And yeah, they, they take a lot of pride in the aesthetics of their country. And that was really neat to see. Hmm. I think for me, it was just how easy it was to get around. Mm-hmm. Um, you literally could travel from, northern switzerland to some random town in southern switzerland and you could take a train and a bus and walk to your destination and it was like you didn't have to rent a car or anything i used google maps that was definitely something i'd recommend it google maps would give you the platform number of the train and all the different times the train departs and i don't know i felt like after a day we were we were Switzerland experts with travel and we were getting around just fine. So that was, that was pretty surprising for, to me. Mm-hmm. Well, good. And Switzerland has a bit of a reputation for being an expensive country and, mm-hmm. and it is, but, but how, how in, you know, how did you think it compared to, to the prices in the States? You know, we were on our honeymoon, right? So we were getting the bottle of wine and the dessert and we were doing the excursions and trying to have the best 10 days we could have. So it was definitely pricey. I think most dinners were like none were under $100. But that's not to say we couldn't have like stopped at the deli and gotten a loaf of bread and made food for the day and and did it that way. But we were kind of under the, you know, lens of like, this is our honeymoon. We're once in a lifetime. So I, I definitely think you could do it a lot cheaper. But yeah, I'd say on average, it's the one thing that was nice is the tips are generally included. So mm-hmm. even though our dollar is worth a little bit less than the Swiss dollar, uh, we felt like we made it up a little bit in gratuity because we didn't have to tip on top of um, the, the final bill. Yeah. And I think another great thing is when you pre-book and pre-pay, like obviously you, you bought your Swiss pass in advance and, and if you've pre-paid accommodation, at least when you're there, you're not dipping into your pocket all the time, handing over more money, mm. more money. Well, that, that helps to, to budget a bit too. 
if you had your time again and and you were still going to Switzerland for 10 days, would you do anything differently or do you think you, you pretty well nailed it? I personally think we pretty well nailed it. I, I mean, Switzerland's beautiful. There's so many more things I would love to see. So I guess maybe since I've already seen these places, I go back, I would see other places. But I thought it was just a great trip and I, I can't think of anything. Can you? I mean, the only thing I would do differently is pack better. I ran out of underwear like halfway through the trip. Um, and it is really expensive to wash your clothes in Switzerland. So then I was like, well, I'll just go buy some more clothes. And that was really expensive too. So I think I would do only, I would do that differently. Like just bring more clean clothes. But like Eric said, I mean, our trip was amazing. I wouldn't have done anything different. Only, only having more time, you know, I, would have loved to stay longer. I guess if I had to choose maybe one of the scenic trains, mm. we didn't, we didn't do like the Glacier Express or, okay. or those type of scenic routes, but I don't know. I feel like the trains we did ride on, I mean, you look out the window and you're just seeing unbelievable scenery wherever you go. So I guess it could get better probably with the scenic trains, but the regular trains are just as yeah. good too. Yeah. Oh, that's great to know. So do you have any tips for first-time travellers to Switzerland? Definitely pack enough clothes. Um, know how to order a coffee. Us Americans have a specific way of drinking coffee, and I was getting pretty grumpy within the first couple of days, not getting, you know, you order a coffee, and it's this big, and then you order a large coffee, and it's only this big. And I'm like, how do I get a cup of coffee? And so then you have to order a cafe Americano. And so I think just, yeah, that... As far as uh, cell phones go, so we both obviously have a cell phone, but only added an international data plan onto his phone. So that saved some money because we didn't both need to have data. You mentioned yeah. Google Maps, Eric. So obviously that was yeah. um, a must-have. Yeah. I, I mean, there may be other apps that can do the same thing, but Google Maps was very easy. I could type in wherever I wanted to go. And it, it, you could go through the options. Do you want to go by train? Do you want to go by bus? And I just loved it. It gave you the the, the bus number, gave you the train platform, yeah. and it just made it so simple. And I mean, it, it we didn't have to ask anybody for help at any given point. So definitely a good tip is to try to find some app that you enjoy working with mm -hmm. and to get directions and, and use that when you're over there. Okay. And did you you added um, data to your to your existing phone plan? You didn't buy a, a SIM when you got there. No, so he added like one month of international data. I think it was about a hundred bucks. Yeah, it was, it was about a hundred bucks. It was unlimited for for the month for the month, which we weren't there a month, but yeah, yeah. So that that made it that made it nice. I'd say definitely research early. We had a whole extra year to kind of plan and and revise our itinerary, which we did, which you helped with, and yeah. the, the Facebook group helped with. Uh, so we appreciate all the help, everybody, if you're listening. But definitely, you know, start the itinerary, get it wrote down and, and think about, you know, certain things you want to do at each town, like maybe just one thing to, to keep it flexible enough. Because one thing to pay attention to is the weather when you're out there. And if you're doing mountain excursions or I guess kayaking mm -hmm. in our case, I mean, you, you want to keep it flexible enough to where you can maybe move things around by a day or so. And, you know try to enjoy the mountain excursions and get the most out of it by not having it be a cloudy day because 
from what we hear, if it's cloudy, you're, you're pretty much just staring at fog when you're up that high. So, you know, try to have flexibility and, and just have a good game plan because there's so much to do and see. And, you know, you could get into a point where you don't know what to do, where at least if you have some of a, some game plan, you can, you can get the day started off on the right foot. It's been really, really good to um, to chat to you, and, and I know that um, everything you've shared will be really helpful for our listeners and for the people in the Facebook group. In the show notes, which I mentioned before, I will give a, a bit of a, a rundown of your itinerary, and I know that you did very kindly share a Google Doc um, with the Facebook group. So if that's okay, I'll, I'll put a link to that as well um, so sure. that people can just jump on and have a look and, and sort of go through it and see what you did and and um, plan their own itinerary. Yeah, we would love to hear from them too, just to see what they took from us and what they did differently. That'll be really neat. Great. The show notes will be available at holidaystoswitzerland.com forward slash episode 29. Thank you again, guys. It, it was really great chatting to you. Thank you. We're, well. we're thank honored you, that you wanted to speak to us and so happy to share with everyone. So thank you. Oh, that was brilliant, wasn't it? Isn't it great to hear from someone who was seeing Switzerland through fresh eyes and in Eric's case, from someone who had never traveled internationally before? It's great to hear their observations and learn more about why they chose the destinations they did and how easy and convenient it was to travel around with the Swiss Travel Pass. I love the fact that they were prepared to be flexible and change their plans if necessary due to the weather and that they were able to enjoy some pretty unique experiences that will remain with them forever. Whether you are planning your honeymoon, a family trip, a trip with a friend or your significant other, Eric and Margot have probably answered some of the questions that you've had about travelling in Switzerland. If there's something that hasn't been covered in this episode, make sure you join the Switzerland Travel Planning Facebook group where you'll find a community of helpful past and future Swiss travellers. You'll find a link to the Facebook group in the show notes along with more information about what we've discussed today, including links to Margot and Eric's itinerary the hotels they stayed in, and some of the fun activities and excursions they enjoyed. You can find the show notes at holidaystoswitzerland.com forward slash episode 29. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd love you to leave a review on your favourite podcast app. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Tschüss. Thank you so much for listening. For more great resources on planning a trip to Switzerland, Make sure you visit holidaystoswitzerland.com where you'll find trip planning tips, destination guides, information on transport, including Swiss rail passes, and much more. You're also encouraged to join the Switzerland Travel Planning Group on Facebook where you can ask questions and chat to other past and future travellers to Switzerland. You'll find show notes from today's episode at holidaystoswitzerland.com forward slash podcast. And be sure to subscribe to the Holidays to Switzerland Travel Podcast so you never miss an episode.